episode of the Color Gap podcast is brought to you by the Business Council of Alberta. Have you ever wondered what it takes to create a good life in an equally good society, one where people, business, and the environment can flourish? Alberta Better, a podcast by the Business Council of Alberta, is on a journey to understand what it takes to create a good life here in Alberta and how we as Albertans, businesses, and governments can shape our society so everyone prospers. Find new episodes of Alberta Better on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at businesscouncilab.com slash Alberta Better Podcast. That's businesscouncilab.com slash Alberta Better Podcast. New episodes drop every other Tuesday. This episode of the Color Gap Podcast is also brought to you by Alberta Association of Optometrists proudly celebrating a century of caring for Albertans. It happens. One in four school-age kids has a vision problem, yet 80% of learning is visual for a child. That's why booking family eye exams with an optometrist helps ensure learning success. You can't detect hidden eye problems, but your optometrist can. Alberta health coverage towards annual eye exams is available until your child's 19th birthday. Book your family's eye exam today at optometrists.ab. The Alberta Association of Optometrists represents almost 800 doctors of optometry in over 80 communities across the province. Members are highly trained, regulated health professionals who provide primary eye health and vision care to Albertans. Learn more at optometrists.ab.ca. I recently decided to start labeling myself a COVID hire, something that in the moment in May 2020 was filled with a depth of anxiety that I've never experienced before. Starting a new job is something I've done countless times throughout my life, and the higher the stakes have gotten, the harder it's been. Like that first day of school, full of a little bit of fear, trepidation, and the unknown, along with that tinge of excitement and possibility. But let me tell you, Starting a new job in the midst of a global pandemic, where the most face-to-face interaction you have is with the solo IT person, when you're in an absolute panic to get your equipment, keep six feet distance, and get out. Now, that's a whole other level of experience that I suspect one day we'll all be writing books about. I like the term COVID hire because it encapsulates my experience in a simple and effective way. Put the word COVID in front of anything and all of us living and experiencing the trauma of it all will immediately understand the heaviness that comes from such a transition into a new role and completely new way of working. Now, remote work or hybrid arrangements aren't all that new to me. I spent nearly six years prior working in an organization that allowed me to work where it made sense for me to get my job done. The choice was empowering. Not having the choice and having remote work be my only option to manage the crisis that was in front of us, not that empowering. And if you don't know the backstory of all of this change, let me catch you up. So I was a director in HR in my last company, making a well-earned salary that I never thought would even be possible for this child of Pakistani immigrants. My 20s were full of what I like to call character-shaping mistakes, and I didn't see a lot of wins in the academic or career progress arenas, namely because my focus was always elsewhere. I was what they like to term a late bloomer. 
And the biggest catalyst for my current success was the decision to bet on myself at the ripe old age of 30, to pick up my life, move to Vancouver, and start grad school to pursue a newfound dream. And when I stepped into that level of leadership in an HR team where I was the only woman of color at the table, that was a really big deal. One part of me felt like I had made it, like there was validation for the little girl who never saw herself represented in leadership, and like I was doing something bigger than myself. But something never quite felt right. I had built a name and a brand for myself as an expert in recruitment, someone deeply passionate about leading disruption around the status quo and humanizing what was typically an experience built for efficiency first. I made a lot of intentional efforts to reroute my brand, getting involved in organizational grassroots efforts around diversity, inclusion, and belonging, taking on a new role that allowed me to step completely away from the world of recruitment. Yet I could never quite shake it or reinvent myself. I had literally boxed myself in. And the only way I saw myself getting out was by betting on me yet again. This time, 10 years later, and this time, pivoting my career by taking a step back to propel forward. And how I got the job is really important to highlight because it speaks to the most important thing that allowed this little girl from Northeast Calgary who grew up with next to nothing to find success. And it was all about closing my network gap and finding the next opportunity through who I knew. I've worked for four companies in the last 10 years and not a single job was landed by me applying through traditional channels. It has all come through my circles of influence, my networks and my relationships. Closing your network gap is the most important thing you can do to land that next opportunity for yourself within or beyond the pandemic. I can say with strong authority being on both ends of the hiring equation, that the recruitment process is a risky one for any company. There is a chance we all take on those that we hire and making sure we found the right fit. And when I was hiring for my own teams in the past, the number one way to get me to stop and pay attention amongst the piles of resumes and applications was through a referral from someone I trusted. People want to hire those that others vouch for, those that can speak to your work ethic, those that they trust. And I'll be honest, very little of my own approach to closing my network gap was actually done strategically. But boy, have I learned a lot. And let me paint you a picture of where it all started. It's the year 2010, and I was an eager grad student having just moved to Vancouver to push myself out of my proverbial comfort zone. I had left behind a wealth of potential future opportunities in oil-rich Alberta in an attempt to demonstrate to the HR world that I was committed to pursuing a lifelong career in the field. I was going to advance my education and incur so much student loan debt that it would leave absolutely no doubt in anyone's mind how committed I was to this career path. A few months into my life as a student living in one of the most expensive cities in Canada, I needed a job and I needed a job ASAP. And I was that jack of all trades, master of none. And I was throwing out resumes left, right, up and down in an attempt to find something anything that would help me stay afloat in my new city. I tried everything and no one would call me back. 
I had experiences in a myriad of areas, had worked for some of the top employers in the world. I was educated and I would think one smart cookie, yet I couldn't even get my favorite neighborhood coffee chain to hire me. In fact, I got so desperate for work that I even compromised my personal safety and via a Craigslist ad, went to a job interview by myself in a random stranger's home in a less than desirable area of Vancouver. I know, bad TV movie written all over that scenario, right? Thankfully, the job and the interviewer, they were legit, but I left unharmed, but sans job. And a couple of months later, through answering yet another Craigslist ad, ended up finding work, which eventually led me to where I am today. And it was really through building a trusted enough relationship with someone in a position of influence who opened up the door for me. I worked for four months on a temp part-time basis for a helicopter company, supporting a VP of investor relations as they built the function up for the company. And I spent my time literally building PowerPoint decks and helping him with a myriad of tasks as a two-person team. When I left the company to take on a full-time permanent role to help me better sustain myself financially, I leaned on that exact trusted relationship one year later when I saw an opening at that helicopter company that felt like a perfect match. I didn't end up getting that job, but I did end up making a strong enough impression on the recruiter I had connected with that opened up the opportunity for me to take on my first HR job, a four-month recruitment coordinator role, and all through the power of a trusted relationship, and the rest is essentially history. And trust me, I'm not saying that building a network that you can lean on when you need it is all that easy. It takes intentional effort, time, and sometimes pushing yourself to engage and connect with an agenda. It can feel icky and self-serving, it can also be incredibly uncomfortable to push past small talk to get to real connection. But what I can say is that it also can feel incredibly fulfilling. When you connect with like-valued and like-minded professionals, it makes you feel less alone. And I've often found myself adding connections and people to my network from a place of excitement to learn and to evolve myself from a professional perspective. And let me tell you a little secret. When I've leaned into my desire to learn and connect from a space of adding more to my toolkit of knowledge through other people, those are the relationships and connections that have worked the very most to help to get to me where I am. And in May 2020, when I was itching to move into something new, I yet again leaned on relationships, moving to an organization where I knew four people in the HR team, one of whom was a former leader of mine and who served as a really valuable reference for me in the process. And let me tell you, I was a literal non-fit based on my resume. For those of you that know the HR world, you would know that someone who was a director of HR, taking a big step back with no labor relations experience, no business partner experience, no HR designation, and a very untraditional, unconventional path, would not be an outright fit for an HR business partner role in a heavily unionized labor environment. But what I had was a reputation and relationships. And in no time at all, I had officially become a COVID hire. And I laugh about it now. In January 2020, I sat down to vision board my dreams for the year and what I wanted to actualize in my life. And we all know how that went. Throwing in a global pandemic 
into a well thought out plan and you're left with really no plan at all. Except there were anchoring elements to my vision board, which by the way, still sits on the wall above my bed because I'm an optimist first. <laughs> that led me to make the shift in my career and do so in the midst of so much unknown. And trust me, I understand why people resist change is damn hard and even harder than I could have ever imagined in the midst of COVID. Leaving an organization where I had nearly six years of social capital, reputation and relationships to start over literally felt like a nightmare at times. I felt like such an imposter. My ego took such an incredible hit and I never felt like I was enough. But taking a step back to propel forward put me in deep learning mode. I always say my home training and the navigation of change throughout my life has set up a great foundation. But I spent a lot of time in that first year trying to remind myself to dig into the curiosity of rookie mode, trusting that I didn't have to have all the answers. Eventually, that doubt started to fade away. I started to find new ways of channeling my inner extrovert when I would see my calendar filled to the brim. I started listening to my gut more, pursuing ideas that lit me up, solving problems that no one asked for, and saying yes to opportunities that aligned with that longer-term vision. And I'm really proud to say 18 months in and I got promoted to another leadership role, making more than I did in my director level position and doing work in an arena I know in my soul I'm meant to be doing. I learned a lot of lessons and got further grounded in some things that, as Oprah says, I know for sure. And this is my sage advice on how to get promoted in a new company in the middle of the pandemic or anytime. First, visibility matters. It's a big part of how people start to build trust with you. And yes, even more so in virtual environments. There is no chance for those organic and natural connection points, those water cooler conversations or bumping into someone in the kitchen. Making sure people know your name and getting the opportunity to focus your energy on how you make them feel in each interaction is of prime importance and necessary to do so virtually because you should never rely just on your hard work alone to get noticed and get ahead. It's simply not enough. For me personally, talking about my experiences making such a difficult career pivot in the midst of COVID on platforms like LinkedIn and through this podcast helped me connect and engage in ways that wouldn't have otherwise been possible. I rarely shy away from getting personal and vulnerable even in spaces and places that don't traditionally expect it. And it's worked well for me, for the most part. Some people are incredibly uncomfortable with that level of authenticity, especially from the HR lady. But my desire has evolved to be different in how I practice my work. And that can't be done operating in the black and white or by some traditional rule book. It also has proven to be a sort of a hack to test the waters per se on my own thoughts and ideas and if they would translate to my new work environment. When I speak to things that I have been experiencing through the pandemic, struggles with my mental health, losing my dad and the ways his death has put more focus on simple pleasures, connection and community, and discussing my thoughts around humanizing conversations around the return to the workplace and the great resignation, it opens up the opportunity to plant those seeds with leaders within my current organization who now get a way, a way to understand a little bit more about the way that I think. And it doesn't relegate providing my thoughts and opinions only in those fleeting moments 
in an important video call when I can finally find that one moment to take myself off mute and possibly stumble over somebody else also trying to speak. Second, don't be defined by your job description or title. Seek ways to solve problems in your organization and don't always wait for permission to do so. And start talking about your passions, your skills, and most importantly, the impact that you're having because you should never rely solely on anyone else to speak to those things. If you do amazing work, but nobody knows about it, nobody knows who you are, it's wasted. My own path of the years has seen me doing some crazy things like pitching and landing a job to a trusted executive when I saw a gap in his strategy. It had me creating a free speed resume review event to help Albertans who are out of work. It helped me create a summer student experience for my current organization because I saw a gap in the connectivity and sense of belonging our summer students would have working virtually throughout the summer. And I was never shy about speaking to the impact. I also never waited for anyone to tell me to fill these gaps. I took chance after chance, driven by my passion, and most importantly, my desire to do something meaningful. And that approach has paid off time and again. Third, trust yourself and know your worth. I spent a lot of time and energy over the years trying to make myself fit the norm of all the HR leaders I was surrounded by in my career. And yet, none of them looked anything like me or had the lived experience I had or the unique perspective I could bring. I listened to people who told me to quiet my voice, who told me to stop using expressive language in my emails and to leave my unconventional ideas to myself and not rock the boat by asking for what I desired and deserved. And the most grounded I've ever felt in knowing myself and knowing my worth is at this point. It literally took going through a global pandemic and losing my dad to ground myself in the knowledge that my voice is valuable and that editing it to fit into a culture or a way of doing things that are outside of who I am simply isn't worth it. Now, this one might take you a little bit more time, more growth, and more life experiences to get there. But the moment you do, the ease of opportunities and experiences will open up. You will better be able to distinguish between advice that is meant to help you grow and that which is designed to make you assimilate. You will be more readily able and capable of walking away from organizations that don't help you thrive, and you will find your place. In summary, remember relationships first, visibility matters, solve problems without waiting for permission, and learn to listen to your gut to show up authentically. Pandemic or not, following that approach will get you closer to a career to love. I promise. Now, if you haven't taken a moment, I would love for you to be part of the conversation with me for the long term. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and tune in every two weeks for new episodes and conversations. If you're so inclined, I would love for you to leave a review or for you to connect with me to tell me about how I can be of further service to you. My contact details are always left in the description box of each episode, and I am forever grateful for each of you coming along on the journey with me, for trusting me and giving me all of this space to be my authentic self. I can't wait for what comes next.